This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. If you take an honest look at yourself, there are probably some things that you would like to change. Maybe you'd like to get into better shape. Maybe you would like to eat healthier. Maybe you would like to be nicer to the people you work with, Diana. Maybe you would like to see your team communicate more effectively at work. Whatever it is that you want to change, let me ask you a simple question. Why haven't you changed it? To change is something that many of us want, but it's also something that we struggle with. We put off the changes we know we need, and then we finally do start to change, but we often fall backwards into old habits. So today, our people-centric team is going to talk about how to change and how to make it stick. Here's my story. So I've known for years that I would like to get more healthy. I haven't been in terrible shape, but as I've gotten into my 40s, I start to feel it. Like, I don't know if anybody's gotten to that age or not where you just start to, every decade, I'm it not just 40, adds. So. Thanks, Bethany, for pointing that out. Yeah. I feel it. You're feel heading it. there. I'm getting there. It's in front of you. Matt knows what I'm talking about. Every day. Every day. <laughs> you start to, to... Actually, I'm trying to work out a crick in my neck as we're speaking right now. And I don't even know where it came from. What? <laughs> it's a, what did you do that was so hard? I had three teleconferences today and my neck is sore. Like, <laughs> what is, is that probably about? true. That is 100% right. So thinking that I'd like to be more healthy, I've done several things over the years. I, I've tried to work out a little bit. I've tried to do gym memberships. Uh, and something would always knock me out of the habit. It would stick for a little while, but something would knock me out. I would get like a gym membership or something and I would go after work and then like the work schedule would change and it would mess me up. Or I would do it before work and I would have to get up super early one morning or it'd be super cold or something. I wouldn't want to go do it. And it just, I just, it's change just doesn't always stick. And sometimes I would kick myself for not having willpower. Like Don, you're just not, don't have enough willpower, not, not enough want to to get this done. Back in 2019, which was, you know, 23 years ago, it feels like after 2020, I went to the doctor for a checkup. The doctor told me that I might need to go on some medication because my cholesterol level was kind of high. So I knew I had to change something and I needed to make a real impact. It couldn't be something that was just temporary. So fortunately, I have a great doctor who spends a lot of time with his patients and he spent a lot of time with me and he started asking me all these questions. He started asking me, instead of just dumping this news on me and saying, hey, go change this thing. He started asking me questions like, well, let me tell me a little bit about like, what does your day at work look like? Tell me a little bit about like your morning routine. Tell me a little bit like how often do you travel and ask me all these questions. And at first I was a little confused about why he was asking these, but then he started to suggest some ways that I could integrate some habits into my day that would work regardless of the situation I was in. So if I I had a weird schedule or if I traveled, like how could I exercise? Uh, how could I eat when I was on the fly? Like, you know, how could I eat better? What's what things that I know or understand what things that I not know and understand? And he did a really good job of diving into the details. And what's happened since then is since that day that I was there, I have I, actually, I downloaded a workout app, for example, is one of the things that I've been doing and downloaded that app. And I have been working out every day since that day in 2019. I think I just passed today, like 537 days in a row of working out, something like that, uh, which is great. So if you see me, I mean, what I want you to think of is, wow, that took work. Like I could see why he looks like the way he does. Cause you can tell um, just, you know, Matt knows what I'm talking about. It's just not, it doesn't just, you don't just roll out of bed in the morning. Really, really all I, all I feel is shame because you're doing it and I'm not, but <laughs> you're putting a positive spin on it. Like that's, really good. That's yeah. the idea, right? That's what I'm Keep trying going. to do. Everyone yeah, who's listening good. to this who's not doing this, yeah, you should feel really bad for not doing this, right? <laughs> As I'm eating my eggs and toast for breakfast and you <laughs> got done with a workout. Actually, it's gravy and biscuits. That's what it is. And That's you're, fine. You're still sweating from your workout. 
And so Matt's habits are just different than yours. That's okay. Yeah, I have habits too. Yeah. My habits are different. So if you think about how, like, how does that stuff really stick? What do you make? How do you make change stick? We talk about this both individually. You know, how do you make the, how do you get those things in that you know that you should do, you know, that not just kick yourself like Matt talks about, you know, how do you actually make those things that you want to change, change? And then what we're also going to talk a little bit about is how do we do that inside teams? How do we do that at work? Uh, how do we do that within company? So what do y'all think? Why does change so hard? What makes change so difficult for people? Change requires you to get out of the comfort zone that you have in fact created for yourself, right? If you're going to create a change, that means at some point you've had an inner dialogue that says, I need to do to do something, right? I have to change a behavior. And I think, I think you know, if we're talking about work, people struggle with change and processes and things like that. But in daily life, like we struggle with, you know, going from idea, but then creating that, turning that idea into motivation to actually make you want to do something else. I think it's, I think it's just the act of now I have to do. And sometimes having to do is difficult. Yeah. I also, I mean, habits are very powerful things and we, like we just, I mean, we were joking about that, but Matt and Don having different habits, but we all have habits that are really ingrained (laughs) into our, into our lives. And so because they are habitual, it's hard to break habits and form new habits and changing those habits. And I think that's just what it is because once you have things that are so ingrained of, this is what I'm used to, this is what I do every day. And now I'm all of a sudden throwing, you know, throwing something different in here. I mean, it's hard to break out of that cycle and into something new. And for me, habits create efficiency and I like to be efficient. I like to get the most out of the things that I'm doing. So when I have the habit, I feel more efficient. I feel more, I don't know, like I'm getting more done. And so when you shake up my world, I feel less efficient. I feel like I'm not getting as much done. I don't, I like the process. I like the procedure. I like the habit of doing things a certain way. I think the underlying thing there too, Don, that I think everybody maybe said, but didn't say is, you know, before change, uh, you have to have a certain amount of conviction to want to do it anyway, right? Like for Diana, it's the efficiency thing. Like I feel like if I don't, then I don't have efficiency and I want efficiency. So I need to create change. And and if you not if you don't have a certain level of conviction, like this is 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 good for me or good for us, uh, and I feel strongly about that, then I'm probably not going to move. Probably everybody has experienced of, of being able to come up with an objective. This is something that we should accomplish. And it doesn't take us very long to talk ourselves out of it because we're not really sold on the idea or convicted by it. And then it's like, oh, but then there's this and then, then there's this and then it fizzles out. And, and if you have that strong conviction, I think with it that no, 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 this needs to happen, then I think it's a little easier to create change, but that that's that's maybe one of the sticking points is conviction. So, so you you talked about two different pieces, and then you talked about a comfort zone, kind of like a, so. Let's put that overarching of everything. But we talked about you know the mechanism of the change. You first you have the conviction to want to change, right? Something disrupts you, maybe knocks you out of your comfort zone to change something, and then there's the habits too. But let's talk about that conviction piece first. Like, like what inspires the change? What kinds of things, what, what moments do you see that make people or teams want to change? What creates that? I think you personally, I'm going to use Don as an example. I remember this time when you were going through that, right. And you had the, you had the, the test results and then, man, you uh, were faced with kind of a reality, right? That was your, okay, I need to do this. And so you did it. And then you went back and I don't know if you said this or not, but your numbers actually got worse or something. And I think I joked with you at that time. It was like, well, should we be making arrangements at this time now? They're like, we should just, let's go get some nacho bowls and just make arrangements then because it's already gone. It's important and we, to have people in your support network. <laughs> that help you. That's what. 
<laughs> it was lighthearted, but you had that dying, was that. Let's go get more Taco Bell. <laughs> let's just have fun, while, like with a smile on our face, right? But for you, the conviction was, I, I need, I need to do this. You were faced with, with kind of a reality of, okay, so here's the numbers. Like we have a choice to make, um, and so that that conviction was kind of baked in there for the, for that, but. I agree with that. It's a pain, right? There's some sort of pain that surfaces. And for Don, it was, I have to face this reality or there's going to be no more pain. I'm not going to feel anything. Um, <laughs> or for me, it's like, well, there's no efficiency or that scale is too high or I don't have as much energy as I used to, right? There's some sort of pain that creeps into it. And that's when it's, when you realize there needs, needs to be a change. Yeah. When that pain hurts enough. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, or if somebody shows, shows you the end results, because I, like for Don, he probably wouldn't have even known that was on the radar until somebody else had to show it to him um, and say, Hey, this is in your future if you don't make a change. And that happens a lot. I think sometimes you need somebody else who can kind of point out the, Hey, if you keep going down this path, you know, and you might not even be aware of it. And so I think sometimes that, that happens too. Yeah. So often the things that trigger that change, you know, Bethany, you talked about like the outside partner, the person that maybe points out something to you, a new insight. Uh, you know, Matt, you pointed out the comfort zone. I've heard the quote before. You probably all heard it before is that there's no learning that occurs inside your comfort zone. Like all real learning and development happens outside your comfort zone. So whenever you're not comfortable, so sometimes changes spawn whenever we're knocked out of that comfort zone. So something, something has hit us and said like, there's an urgency or there's a pain as Diana put it and said that we've got to change something. Um, so once we've decided to change something, so, so many times I can think of lots of times, like even in my story where I got to that point where something like, oh, I've, something's painful enough for me that I'm going to want to change something, but it hasn't always stuck. What do you think in terms of the making it stick piece? What, what makes a habit stick? I struggle with this because I am very much an all or nothing black or white. So like if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And if I fall off for like one day or one moment, then it feels like I failed and then I don't want to do it anymore. So for me, I have to remember that all or nothing is not winning. Like something is winning, doing any some doing anything is a win in my book. And so I've had to try to reframe my brain a little bit to make it stick because I, I do feel like I fail if I miss that one time or I don't exercise one day or I skip the process, skip one part of the process one time. I feel like that's a failure. And then I go back to doing it the old way because that was successful or whatever, maybe not successful, but it was something. Right. And so for me that, that like remembering all or nothing isn't winning is something that I've had to do to keep it sticking or to keep it to stick. So is that kind of the idea of like, uh, if I, I'm going to say this, you didn't say it this way, but is it almost like I, if I don't try it this way too much, I won't fail? Like if I, if I stop trying to do this, then I, I won't fail as much? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's, it's too hard. Apparently it's too hard for me to do it this way, but the old way was working. I was doing it. Like I can go back to that and not fail at it. Right. Yeah. There's that. I wasn't failing at that. Yeah. And I know yeah. you can't see this at home, but you know, when you're watching, I was watching the faces of everybody when I asked that question just now and everybody's face got really uncomfortable because when you say it like that, it's like, well, you mean, I'm not going to, if you say something like, are you scared? You know, people, I'm not scared of anything. I would go forward to that. But I mean, I wonder if that's kind of the reality. Yeah. I hate failing. You know, that's anyone who knows me knows that I don't, I don't like to lose. So <laughs> So if I'm, I've set my mind to something and I've decided to change something and then it feels like it's not going the way that it should, 
to me, it feels like failure and that fear of failure will keep me from going forward every time. Yeah. And I feel like Diana, you and I are probably similar in that of like, okay, if we're going to change something, like it's going to be big and we're going to do it fully and it's going to be like the best. And probably, I mean, at least I'm, I'm hearing this for myself. I'm like, probably a takeaway for me is making really small digestible changes versus really big, crazy changes all at once. Sometimes I think there's times for that, but that's something that I'm just kind of hearing as you're talking as well. Again, though, I think I think it still comes back to you have to be sold on the why that you want to do it in the first place mm-hmm. and be convicted by it. I mean, we're, yeah. I, I just had the opportunity to take a, a team uh, of people with a group in New Jersey that I work with through um, setting objectives, right? It's January 2021. We're going to set some goals and objectives. And I know that I was talking to one of them and they said, um, okay, so first of all, this is really a painful activity for our team. Like we just don't really care to do this uh second of all second of all um how often do we just you know transfer the goals from last year to this year like okay let me walk through this activity i'm just going to put the ditto marks i don't know what those are called but ditto uh quotes there for i'm just going to move those down a line job well done good job everybody and i've set my goals uh but if there's really no buy-in i mean we talk about this all the time we, we, we try to do some goals and then by, you know, March, everything's blown up because I didn't really, I wasn't convicted to really do it. Why am I doing that in the first place? It would be good, but what's the pain point that's making me want to do that in, in, in the first place? I would also say that, you know, in that, in that PowerPoint that we showed during that activity, there's an old Michael Jordan commercial that talks about, I have failed over and over and over again. And that is why I succeed. And I know, you know, to, that fear of failure is a very real, real thing that probably stops us from doing those things. But, but there are, you know, sometimes in our lives that we can see where I tried it, I failed, but I learned and now I'm maybe better for it. And I, I know that I know one of the failures is I don't want to, I don't even want to try to do that again, because I don't think that was, I don't think that was for me anyway. So that, that might even be winning. It, it, it might open your eyes to a different direction that you'd want to go to. Um, I'm reminded from that other owner, I won't say who it is, but had told Diana whenever he came into the room and he's like, we should buy this other company. You know, it's, uh, I don't know what $12 million or whatever it was for that company. And Diana was scared to go into debt. And he looked at her and said, Oh, you got to get over that. You got to get over that real quick. You got to spend money to make money. And just sometimes that's a passion. You're convicted by it. This is what I, what drives me. And if we don't find what drives somebody to want to change, then we can write things down all day, but it's probably not going to happen. So these have been really good points in talking about like what gets you to start the change, right? So you've acknowledged like you've got to, you got to want to, to start off with, uh, you know, I think it's Matt's point. You got to acknowledge a little bit and confront your fear of failure. Uh, I love Bethany's points of like, of not maybe going after everything all at once or being realistic about it. Uh, you know, that really applied, Bethany. I was thinking about when I met with that doctor, you know, we talked about, I've only talked about the exercising because that's been the habit that I've changed the longest. But we also talked about some other things I did. We did intermittent fasting, um, uh, some diet changes, and it was some significant diet changes. It was hardcore diet changes. It was like low carb diet, clean diet. Like I could eat nothing that I didn't kill myself and find like I had to pick it from a field or something. I mean, it was just something that it was super, super difficult to eat. But I went into it and what was good about it was that he even talked me through it and like, which of these changes might be temporary and which of these are things that you should just always do. And we did talk about that. Like, you don't need to stay on this this level of a diet for this long, like do this for this amount of time and then we'll get some results from it. And then you can kind of back off on it, but here's what you back off and here's what you don't change. 
And that's that's allowed allowed me to think about long term versus short term. Um, let's talk a little bit more about like long term and habits. Um, and, and and I want to confess a little bit. This this episode was largely inspired. Bethany had caught a podcast uh, from Hidden Brain. If anybody's listened to the Hidden Brain podcast, we're fans of that one. Uh, so it's another one that you can go listen to. Of course, listen to ours first and then go listen to Hidden Brain podcast. But they did something on, uh, they did one on like, how do you change behaviors long-term? Like, how do you make things stick? And there were some surprising lessons that they had over this. They talked about this idea, like Matt talked about of willpower, like you got to want it. Uh, and people kick themselves for falling backwards because they're like, well, I don't have the willpower, I guess. Like I'm failing, I'm falling off my diet or I'm, I'm, I'm not exercising anymore. But actually what they found was it's more related to habits that you've put into place than it is into willpower. Bethany, you want to share a little bit more about that? So yeah, the, a couple of things. So one, and I have had to institute this for myself because I am very, you know, as we're talking about sweets and diets and things like that at the beginning of the year. So this is a natural time to talk about it anyways. But yeah, I've had to do those same kinds of things where, you know, I really am, I would eat like all the Oreos. If we had a whole bag of Oreos in my pantry, I would eat all the, all the Oreos. So what they've said is that- That's how that works know, though. You're supposed no, to do that. That's, how, that's exactly But like in one sitting, like leads. one day, I don't think, probably not great, not a great habit. Don't beat yourself so, up about that. <laughs> All right. In fact, how many bags of Oreos can I eat in one sitting? Yeah, now that we're talking. That's a, okay. new, that's a good goal. Right peanut, butter, peanut butter Oreos. Yeah, as long as we have lots of milk. Okay, anyway, so they talked about how, you know, people who who have formed these really great habits, sometimes it's just not giving themselves access to the thing that causing them to, to get sidetracked or backtracked or whatever it is. So for example, like this, you know, they would probably eat the Oreos if they're in the pantry, somebody who's really fitness savvy, who is, you know, really, you know, they work out all the time. They eat really healthy, all of those things. It's not that they wouldn't eat the Oreos. They just don't buy the Oreos so that they're not in their, their cabinet. That's kind of what something that I had to learn early on, you know, as an adult <laughs> coming into college and beyond of, oh, this is, if I don't buy this, then I won't eat it and I'm less likely to eat it. And so then that, that forms that habit. Another thing that I, that they talked about in that podcast, and I think it's also in the seven habits of highly effective people is the idea of stacking habits. And I thought this was a really interesting thing that I hadn't really spent a lot of time on. Um, and Don and I talked a lot about this, this the other day, but the idea of um, using a habit that you already have and stacking a new habit with it. So if you were, maybe you were like, I want to read, start reading more. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to spend time in the morning reading. So my habit is to brew some coffee in the morning. My cup's right there. So maybe I'm going to put my book that I want to start right next to my coffee cup every single day so that I know as I'm drinking my coffee, I'm going to read a few pages. So that's a new habit that I'm forming or something like that. So finding a habit that you already have and, and doing those in pairs. Another, <laughs> there was something interesting that I, that was also talked about in that podcast that she said that she wanted to, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, but she, she was talking about how she wanted to start running in the morning. And so what she would do was she wanted to change the habit of running. So what she did at night was she slept in her running clothes for the next day so that all she had to do was when she got up she would do that so she changed the habit one of sleeping in her running clothes and two then waking up in the morning and 
going for her run. And it just reduced, you know, those barriers to completing that um, new habit. So it kind of goes back to that first point of not having the Oreos in the cabinet. She just re- she made it easier for herself to change the change the habit or start a new habit. Yeah, I am such a creature of habit that when I want to change something, I have to think very carefully about how I'm going to change it. So if I want to change my diet, I have gone to a different grocery store to like get my head out of the old way of shopping, or I've gone through a different door in the grocery store and gone backwards instead of like my normal route, because I'm such a creature of habit that I have to do something to break what I've already been doing. Mm -hmm. And so I I think very carefully about what am I going to do to break the old cycle to get myself into this new cycle. I think that's a really important point on that is when you think about your habits that you have, we go back to the habit that you're trying to change, but you have to think about all the related habits that orbit that. Right. And you think about the habits that, uh, that you talk about the barriers, the things that get to get in your way, you know, the, the diet thing, like one of the things that the doctor talked me through was he said, you know, think about, he says, when you go home, you have to have a conversation with your family and tell them what you're going to do. And then talk about like how you're going to purchase food now and how are you going to eat together? And when are you going to eat together? You know, and how can you make a meal where they're not, if, if their family's not going to follow you on the diet, how do you do it where you're eating separately from them or what can you eat that they're, you know, so we, we had to, I went home and we had a pretty good conversation about that. Like I need, we talk about how we shop and what's out there. What barriers do you have? What cravings do you have? What are the things that you really like? I love ice cream. I mean, I, I love ice cream. Ice cream is not low carb, you know, nor is it clean. So for a while it was like, what can I eat from that? You know, but then I realized that like, what I did was I set myself a goal and it's like, if I get to this point, then I can start exploring like, you know, some of the low carb ice creams options that are out there. And there's, there's some that are okay. Uh, that are out there, not as great as, as the old ice cream, but you, you kind of reward yourself. You think about that. And that idea of stacking habits is super powerful. I think is, is, can you put another habit on top of something when I work out in the morning? Like, so I'm, I'm intermittent fasting. So I don't eat breakfast in the mornings anymore, which I was really into breakfast. I, I really do like a good breakfast. So that was a little bit difficult. But what I did was I thought about what's my whole morning routine and I love coffee. And so what I did was I upgraded my coffee as I upgrade. I, I found like, what's my favorite kinds of coffee. I'm going to find that I'm going to make the best coffee I possibly can at home. So I shopped coffee. I've got a better grinder. I got a skill. I did got a French press. I did all this stuff. And so now in the morning, when I get up, instead of making breakfast, like I did, now I make coffee. And what I then learn is while the coffee's brewing, that's when I do the workout. So it, it the, those things all link together. And a lot of times when I'm doing a workout too, I'll watch a movie on Netflix or watch a program or something I like on Netflix. So those things are all tied together. So when I wake up, it's no longer, oh, I got to wake up and I got to work out. It's just, I go and I make coffee and then I work. It's, I'm not even thinking about it. So it's not at some point to make the long-term behavior, you don't need to rely on that willpower to keep it going. You can then rely on just that. I've always done it that way. A good example, I think most, most of us would follow is like brushing our teeth. Most people don't think like, you know, it doesn't take a lot of willpower to get you to brush your teeth in the morning or brush your teeth before you go to bed uh, for, for most people. Uh, yeah. Diana's showing her her teeth. So yeah, it looks great. You're doing a great job. So Diana. So far, so good. So far, so good. <laughs> so how do we apply this into teams? So like when we talk work with companies, you know, we're often talking about culture and culture is another way of thinking of habits, right? Culture are the, the rituals, the things that companies do, whether they mean to or not, they're the habits that are in place. How do we apply this into companies to help them change habits? I'm going to go back to something that Matt said early in the podcast. It's, 
you have to show people the why it's important to make the change. Change for the sake of change is never something that people want to do. It, even for the sake of better efficiency isn't exactly a great reason to do it. I think you have to really show the why behind what the change is for and what it's going to produce. Matt, do you want to talk more about it? I kind of stole what you said earlier. No, I think I, th I think you covered it. I think you covered it well. I think we operate, like Diana said, better when we understand why it is that I'm doing it, especially if they get to be a part of establishing the why we're doing it, you know, instead of handing it down, you know, Don, we've used the Moses coming down from the, the mountain illustration there. If they get to be a part of it there, then they understand the why. And I would even take something that Bethany said earlier, uh, since Diana took something that I said, I'm going to take something that Bethany said. And, and being able, you know, as we're walking through this, you know, helping companies goal set or individual goal set at this time of year. It's a popular activity to kind of talk about and do, but but it's so daunting. Part of our process that we that we help them with, it's so daunting to think of some goals that you want to do. And it's probably easy, first of all, to think of a lot of big things that you could potentially do. But then let's be realistic with setting some of these goals and what it is that we want to do and does it fit. And then instead of just looking at this big daunting goal, what are some of those simple steps or changes in behavior, those habits like you're talking about there? What are some of those simple things that I can do that would help me, that would lend itself to us reaching this overarching goal? And take some pressure off yourself too. Like I don't have to do this by next week, right? Some of these things are bigger things that I just kind of need to keep tabs on to make sure that I'm measuring it if it's important and, and, and we think that it's valuable. Yeah. And I would add probably what we were talking about too, of just having partners in your setting new habits or creating new habits. So um, if there's, if it's just you that's setting a new, trying to create a new habit in the workplace too, finding somebody who can, who can help you with that and just kind of keep you accountable to it or who can do it with you or whatever it might be. So somebody that I recently started coaching, she wanted to create a new habit of getting better at planning her week out and scheduling for the week and the month. And she just really didn't have a good system for that. And so that was a habit that she wanted to form. So we talked about, to go back to some of the tactics that we were talking about earlier, we talked about just how, how can she stack that with something else? Or maybe, or maybe she needs to, you know, put herself in a different environment than just her desk at work to do that and make it more of a, okay, this is a time that I have set aside that's a, I can have my cup of coffee. I have a quiet room. That's not my typical workspace so that I'm in a different mindset to really be able to do that well and make it something that I look forward to versus something that I'm just like, Oh, I have to do this thing. Cause I said that I was going to do it and now I'm going to do it every week. And uh, you know what? I actually even have a partner who's going to hold me accountable. And so that's maybe annoying actually, but just making it something that, um, that's, that's something that they look forward to. So yeah, in a lot of ways, what you're doing there is you're creating natural places to disrupt yourself along the way to keep to maintain that disruption to try to maintain the change, like like even the changing locations. That's one of the things we've talked a lot about in during COVID for a lot of companies is that disruption that is there that everybody feels is actually an opportunity to to change some things that you've always wanted to change. And and we've talked. I mean, I talked to a business owner today who made a major change in their business because she saw that there was so much disruption. She thought, well, everybody's already disrupted. I might as well make this change now. Um, and, and she thought that everybody handled it better than she thought that they would have handled it before. That's our episode on change and how we try to get changes to happen and then also to stick long-term. But I'm gonna go around the, the, around the horn here and ask everybody for your takeaways from this. What are your takeaways or your last piece of advice for everybody listening in terms of how to drive change and make it stick either personally or as a team? 
say, don't feel like you have to change everything all at the same time. Give yourself grace to be able to take some steps towards some of the things that you want to accomplish. Don't feel like you have to sit down with a list and, and that you're more of an overachiever. If you can think of 10 to 20 different things that you want to do, start with maybe two or three and, you know, celebrate some of those little successes as you go and, and really make it something that you think, you know, you're going to be better overall. Your team's going to be better overall if we were able to accomplish X, Y, or Z. So take the pressure off, just start small. Um, and see if you can create some, some, some small change to happen first. Yeah. And I'll build on that. Don't be afraid of the failures, right? If it doesn't work, change it again. If it, if you fall off the wagon, get back on it. You don't have to. That's a good one pressure on yourself to, to be successful right away or all, all the way, right? Like just take some pressure off yourself and give yourself grace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say find somebody that you know of who who has really good habits, who have set really good habits and have those in place. And maybe it's just somebody that you admire and they're just very disciplined or very committed at something. I'm going to just, I'm going to shoot for some brownie points right now because my husband is one of these people and he is like a creature of habit. He has these routines and rhythms and he just and he'll do something and stick to it. And I'm always just really amazed by it. But I'm also encouraged as we're having this conversation to maybe just pay more attention to how he sets those habits and some of the things that he does to create those habits and stick to them, because it is probably just beyond that willpower, like we were talking about. So maybe you can find somebody who you admire, and just kind of watch how they do things and then see how you can how you can mimic some of that, not necessarily, maybe it's not creating the same habits, but just instituting some of the tactics that they are doing as well. Yeah, I like that. that that's fantastic. I, I guess mine would be, I'm going to stack on and add on to that and also give a shout out to your husband, Bethany. You know, he's, he's former military. And I think about like military people, you know, and you think about military, I always think of like basic training and it's how you make your bed and make your bed perfect and put your uniform on perfect and all those types of things. Those types of things in of themselves, those habits are not that important in terms of what is being in the military is like, but what it does do is they're stacking habits. They're taking those habits and relating that to other discipline that is very important in terms of being in the military. And I think that's one of my takeaways from this is recognizing that the changes that I've made that have really stuck before and the changes I've seen teams make and other individuals make, it wasn't that they just tried to change the one thing that they've zeroed in on. It's they orbit all the habits that orbit that they changed it as well. I'm going to change my surroundings, change my environment, change who I hang out with, change who I talk to. Uh, all of those to change how I shop, all those different things uh, change with it. And that allows you to create a new habit so that you can just, the change becomes something that's just permanent and part of who you are. Thank you. I love this topic about creating new habits and I've become very inspired to begin to think about ways that I can change some habits in my life, especially as we enter a new year, things that I feel frustrated about, I just don't like in my life, whatever it may be, there's an opportunity to change it. So I love this conversation. So often when we have an opportunity to change a habit, create a new habit, it comes from this conviction. There's a conviction that that happens or there's a pain that happens. To, that sparks that desire for change. Sometimes it requires someone else pointing out an issue in our life. So I think we have to keep a, an ear to the, those things. Some reminders as you go into creating new habits for yourself is that any forward motion is winning. A really great quote that I keep hearing is progress over perfection. Don't forget that. Don't be afraid of failing. Just learn from it and start again and pick it up and try a new thing. It's okay to make small digestible changes instead of big overwhelming ones. Sometimes that's too much and we'll feel like we're failing 
a little bit faster. Really what we've learned is that people who are really disciplined, people that you see who are just really good at something, who stick to their fitness, who are very organized, really they're just people who have created habits. They don't have more willpower than you. Maybe you just need to remove yourself from certain environments or take things out of your environment. Maybe you just need to make it harder to fall into those bad habits and easier to start those new habits. Make it easy on yourself. Remove those barriers. Another thing that we've learned and we talked about in this conversation is stacking habits. I love this idea of using a habit that you already have and adding to it to create a new habit. So that's something I'm really inspired by and like to start. On your team, show people the why in order to make those changes. People don't want to create new habits or make changes if they don't really understand the why behind it. Another really important piece to this, I think, is finding a partner in this. It's really hard to create new habits when it's just you. Find someone who can help hold you accountable to these changes. I really appreciate your time today. I hope this was a helpful conversation for you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you really liked this episode or other episodes that we've done recently, would you just share this with your friends? Just send it to them really quick and tell them that you thought they would really like it. Again, we hope that you have a great week. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.